0: Check out our daily articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Before starting a career in law enforcement, he was a professional actor. During his career in law enforcement, he did patrol. He retired to the rank of lieutenant. And he also spent several years doing deep, deep undercover work. And he's coming up on the Law Enforcement Today show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at TransformationsTreatment.Center. Calling us from New Haven, Connecticut, Ray Hassett on the phone. Ray is a retired law enforcement officer from New Haven, Connecticut. Ray, thanks so much for joining us on the Law Enforcement Today show. You're very welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you. We're going to be talking about some things that, that a lot of people don't tend to understand. I think in part due to Hollywood, the news media, and just on conversation, you... We're experiencing many forms of law enforcement, but your expertise is in undercover, and I mean serious undercover work, correct?
1: Uh, the term I actually use uh, would be deep cover,
0: yes. All right, and then there's we'll get into differences, because I get this all the time, and one of the things that happens to me is I worked plainclothes narcotics for many years. People say, oh, you're undercover. No, no, I wasn't. <laughs> there's a big difference, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Before we get into your story, and exciting story, and very uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's going to be lightning. It's stuff you'll want to hear uh, that Ray will be talking about. Ray does a lot of training for deep cover work now, correct?
1: Well, the work that I do now is, is more toward uh, de-escal- de-escalation training for police, connection training for police on how to better connect with another person in crisis. There's a lot of similarities to doing that type of work where you're under the gun all the time. But when you're out with the public, dealing with the public now who is increasingly emotionally driven, emotionally uh, overwrought, can't self-regulate, when you're on the front lines, whether it's law enforcement or whether, whether you're in retail, you've got to know how to connect with people, how to listen to people, how to kind of recognize the emotion and let them tell their story so that you can get to where you need to be with them in order to manage you know, whatever your job is. So a lot of my job now is teaching people to slow it down, uh, to, to listen more for emotion, and basically um, keep themselves out of the story. There's always a say. lot of
0: similarities. So a lot of what you learned in deep cover work applies here. Absolutely. And We used to say police work, you know, you meet people always where they're having a bad day a bad incident it's an accident uh they they were stolen from they got a family dispute whatever it was it was never a good encounter and our job was try to make it as good an encounter as possible and most of the time we did it it was not we didn't use terms like de-escalation back in the day it was just something you were taught likewise with community policing that was a term we were never never told about it was regular patrol and that's what everybody did I don't want to get lost in that conversation yet. Where can people get more information about the training you provide, uh, availability, and all that?
1: Uh, If you go to my website, www.rayhassett.com, you get pretty much an idea of what I'm doing, uh, and they can start from there.
0: So it's rayhassett.com. Spell uh, Hassett, please.
1: H-A-S-S-E-T-T.
0: All right. Check it out, rayhassett.com. About how long was your total police career from start to finish?
1: I did twenty-five.
0: Well, oh, well, thank you for your service. That's a long time. I got retired at the ripe old age of thirty-three. I got hurt and was retired very, very young, and then had to figure out what I want to be when I grew up. So I, I had to make that decision way earlier than I thought, and uh, it was a big, big transition. Uh, uh, twenty-five years in excuse. law enforcement in any department, especially one where it is uh, you're exposed to so much trauma and violence is stressful if someone's done a lot of deep undercover work or deep cover work i can't even begin to understand the amount of stress that goes with that
1: well it's uh, just to, to double back to, to my career the last 14 years of my career uh was in patrol and i ran one of the busiest districts in in my city inner city and i ran for my car so i was out there every day learning how to shift, how to, how to, how to, how to adapt, how to make it, keep myself out of the story. Uh, and the biggest thing I learned, and, and there's a parallel here between, between deep cover and connecting with people. I had to learn who I was when people didn't need me.
0: Mm-hmm. Not quite sure I understand so what I had, that means. Elaborate on that a little bit.
1: So what, what that means is a lot of times in law enforcement, you know, we're problem solvers. We show up, you tell me what, what you need me to do, and I'll help you to do it. In old school, that used to be the case. People, we show up. You better come correct, because we got the solution. Right. Somewhere around 1999, that all shifted. People said, "You know what? I, you know, I don't know if I like this guy." My last experience with that last cop man, it didn't go well. So you know, we, I had to rethink. Wait a minute. I mean, it's. If I'm out there every day. I'm locking people up. I'm with. I'm, I'm I'm with dead babies I'm with their grandmother when there's when she's passing away I'm part of that whole dysfunctional family that changes shift from just being in a reactor 911 look at the cat calls show up all right I've got to make it fit into probable cause officer safety get in get out lock them up and I'm done mm-hmm. had to completely get rid of that.
0: Because most it, of what we tell, do in law it, enforcement it, it, is not involving locking people up. That was a, a small percentage of what we did. You're exactly right. Most but, of it but, was but, what a, you a talked about, dealing with people at their, yes. where they have the worst situations in, imaginable going on. And for a lot of people, like where I worked, it was constant because it, it was a high crime area. It was constant exposure to crime and violence. And these people wanted you to help them. Yes. Yes. Sad part is a lot and of times I mean, we didn't, we weren't able to help. We just did the best we could. And, and I had to become okay with that was the best I could do. Was it? That was it.
1: Well, I think and where the training comes in is we now realize that when we both went through our careers, your first five, you got to figure stuff out. Mm-hmm. Come out of the academy, first thing the FTO says to you, forget everything you learned in the academy. So you basically, well, you're picking stuff up. You're, you're, nah, that didn't work. You're borrowing somebody else's style yeah i'll take that but you're piecing it together right but that's where things are the rawest and that's where the training is the least so in terms of what i'm training now is we're plugging in high-end behavioral training to young street cops just coming out of the academy if only to get them thinking about it so it's shifting young cops from being warriors to the same time to being gladiator diplomats You know, I beat people for threat, first of all. But what else is going on in their last eight hours? Getting getting cops and getting civilians on the front lines to think like that slows you down. Right. Changes everything. The brain is funny, the brain follows with what you prompt. If I'm looking at somebody and automatically I'm reading them as a criminal, I'm going to talk to them like they're a criminal, I'm going to miss stuff.
0: What's the old saying that we had, if the only tool you possess is a hammer, everything is to look like a nail. So if you look at everybody as a potential criminal and a potential threat of violence to you, that's how you're going to respond. And that's how they're going to respond to you.
1: Absolutely.
0: And vast majority of people are not. Even in the highest crime areas that you and I both worked in, the busiest places, the vast majority of people weren't criminals. They were just regular, hardworking folks, and they were having problems. They could have had a bad day. Yes. They could have had a kid that was out of control, and and they want you to solve it without turning their whole life upside down.
1: Well, I think to both our points, even I mean, the time I spent in major crimes as a detective, when you're interviewing someone in order to get a a, a, a confession about a homicide, you're not yelling at them. No, you you're can't. not telling them to do this, do that. You're you're basically treating them like a human being. Giving them a chance to reflect on where they're at and make a right choice. You can't push that stuff.
0: No. And you've got to, so and people don't want to get this skills. too. Is, and I know you're going to get what I'm saying right away, is that when you're dealing, you're doing an interview with someone, let's say they did the most heinous crime you could ever imagine. And deep inside, you just want to throttle this person. Number one, you can't. It's against the law. Number two, you don't want to ruin a good case because you put your hands on someone. But number three, you don't get any information from the bad guy if you come across as a heavy. You got to act like you're their friend. You understand. You know, and develop a rapport. And that is certainly a skill set that's learned. We are talking with Ray Hassett on the Law Enforcement Today Show. We're going to be talking about deep undercover work. We're talking about de-escalation. We're talking about a lot of things. Very unique conversation from a guy who's been there. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Left Chest Society t-shirts from honor-line.com. That's honor-line.com. These unique tombstone-themed t-shirts are designed by a career law enforcement officer, art by one of the nation's top artists, Check them out online at honor-line.com. Get one or get all three. Use promo code L-E-T at checkout at honor-line.com and get 10% off. Go to honor-line.com and use promo code L-E-T at checkout to save 10%. That's Left Chest Society t-shirts only at honor-line.com. Remember, use promo code L-E-T to save 10%. This portion of the Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Pet Rescue Life Facebook page. Everyone's welcome at the Pet Rescue Life Facebook page, where you'll find fun, informative, and enjoyable posts daily. Purebred, mixed breeds, rescues, we love them all. Be sure to like the Pet Rescue Life Facebook page. If you've missed past episodes of the Law Enforcement Today show... Never fear, you can listen to them online. Just go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com or download our free app, also available on our website. That's lawenforcementtoday.com. Back to our conversation with Ray Hassett, retired New Haven, Connecticut police officer. And Ray, uh, just a brief synopsis of career, done patrol, did work in the streets and also did deep cover work or undercover work for a long period of time as well. The whole concept of undercover is, I find to be fascinating for several reasons. When I think of undercover, right, I think of people like um, Jay Dobbins from ATF. I think of people like the guy who did uh, Donnie Brasco, I can't remember his name, from the FBI. And the, when I worked in Baltimore, we had very few people who were deep undercover. And a lot of them, what they would do is they, they were taken right out of the academy. As soon as they graduated, they weren't on the street because people get to know you. And you're in an environment where you can't be recognized as police, so they brought into the undercover ranks and taught how to do it, and it's a very long process, uh, something I've never done. I worked plainclothes narcotics for many years, and people always uh, say, so you're undercover, I say no. There's a big, big difference. Would you elaborate on the difference between the two?
1: Well, I, I, first of all, the deep cover is 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 a job for only the few. When you're undercover, it means you're still, you still carry a shield. Right. Uh, You still go back to the station house. Your colleagues still basically are your colleagues. You know, you, 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 you do an operation, you're in and you're out, and then you get back home. Deep cover is something entirely different. Uh, Deep cover is completely giving up any law enforcement identity. You... Uh, formally resign from law enforcement. You formally, uh, you can tell no one uh, why you're resigning. You just, you disappear. And basically, uh, you're given a different identity with all different uh, credentials. And basically, you begin working pretty much alone. Uh, you're never off. When you have that new identity, that uh, that identity is 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 you and you have to be able to believe that carry it off in situations where you're by yourself you got to figure stuff out there is no backup it's all on you mm-hmm. so uh it it's i i kind of frame it in a way because i did it for for i did it for two years it's the ultimate betrayal of another human being
0: you gotta be a serious actor too and by the way, you hit the nail on the head because I, I was thinking of people, I didn't even know they were police anymore until yeah. retirement or 10, 15 years later when they came out of deep cover yes. work because they graduated academy. They did a, a month or two later, they resigned and we're like, hey, where did Joe go? We didn't know. And then we found out later on, oh, we didn't even know they're police anymore and they were doing this. If there was, if you were known in the department. Like our 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 plainclothes units, if you were known, people knew who you were. You weren't undercover. You weren't deep cover, for example. Better words. Uh, the ones who were deep cover, even street police like me, didn't know who they were.
1: Well, you have got to you got to lose all your police tells. You know, my case is a little bit different. Uh, I had law enforcement it was my second career. My first career was as a professional actor, so I had had training in reading people and, and understanding emotion. Uh, and you know, i have worked in different cultures. Uh, I had a lot of life experience uh, so that I came to the table is probably one of the reasons why I was chosen. I had some, some skills uh, and, and looking at it in in the rear view mirror, you know, a job like this is an actor's dream. It's a cop's nightmare.
0: Yeah. I don't think I could do it.
1: On the other side.
0: It takes takes a special person. Like I said, only very few can do this. The amount of pressure, uh, I'll just give you a real brief story. I was assigned to go do it, try to do an undercover drug buy uh, and bargain plain clothes. And I always wore, I'm not going to give the secret away, uh, but it didn't go well. But the entire time, I did not feel like they were convinced and they apparently weren't. I just wasn't cut out for that, and I—I'm I, the stereotypical cop-looking guy. I'm still told that even all these years later.
1: And, and you have a good point because people who are, people who are—you are, are working—they're hyper vigilant. They have extremely good radar. Mm-hmm. So you know, if if you, if it's a one-off night, you know, that maybe you can fake it. But you know when you go years with people, you're breaking bread with people, you breaking bread with their families. you're basically you know you're making cases that you've already made cases on people and you're still breaking bread and hanging out and, and you know being that, that character in, in hindsight incredibly stressful. And then when you when you come back out again, here's the rub. nobody trusts you.
0: On either side or just the, the criminal side?
1: I'm on either side. I mean, your own people, so, because so, you, where you been, you know, and you come back and, you know, you, you work in that world and you hear a lot of stuff and people, some people what you hear. Well, so
0: police always, tend to be a pretty cynical people too. And one of the things I yes. could see naturally saying, well, I hope you didn't do anything illegal or anything criminal. Did you? And that's one of the no. first things to be going through your mind, but I would know not to ask that.
1: I mean, there's. I mean, the the on the front end before people start uh, accepting it, there's all sorts of tests that you have to pass. I mean, nobody lets you in. Let me tell you, nobody lets you in right off the rip.
0: You mean the the bag guys, when you go testing. undercover? Well, I watched yes. like the the Donnie Brasco story and how long it took him to go from just hanging out in a bar to gain the confidence with the cover of being a jewel guy. The using the story. Um, paraphrasing the story and then all of a sudden hey we need to do something and then the trust began to build very slowly but from the movie it it seemed they did that in 10 minutes but from what I'm saying it took them months and months
1: it took me about six months to be accepted
0: and what kind of criminal organization was it you're going after without getting into specifics
1: it was organized crime
0: okay so when we think of things like uh mafia or those type organizations that's what we're talking about
1: yeah, it's
0: very similar. You know, okay. Yeah, criminal, and, and that's a stereotype that a lot of people can are familiar with because they see they they see it in Hollywood and movies and television and everything else. So they get an idea we're talking about. But the vast majority of them, and I'm not an expert in this area, but the vast majority of these criminal organizations are not mafia style. They're they're much no. different. And and,
1: and and that was kind of what I got into. It was a criminal enterprise. It had, it had uh, signatures of a lot of different stuff, but it was a criminal
0: enterprise. And one of the hardest ones I understand are the ethnic groups, like the MS-13s and places like that, because yes. you can't fake your ethnicity. You've got to be traced back to a certain country, and people have to be able to vouch for you there. So that's a little bit different beast uh, than we're talking about with maybe— um, Motorcycle, one percent motorcycle gangs, or again mm-hmm. the old mafia and those sort of things—they uh, take a really long time. We're going to get in some of those stories and some of the details, uh, and I, I realize you can't go into great depth about these. So we'll talk about it generally. We'll talk about it vaguely, but there's been a lot of interesting things coming up. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Finally, our heroes have access to a world-class program for PTSD, anxiety, depression, and more. The Help For Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for substance abuse, addiction, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Plus, they offer complete treatment for mental health issues for those without substance abuse problems. when you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. Conversation with Ray Hassett. Ray, uh, retired from New Haven, Connecticut Police Department. And by the way, what rank were you when you retired? Retired at the rank of lieutenant. That's... A great accomplishment Uh, and people that's another thing misnomer that people don't understand is that um, yeah i retired the rank of sergeant and very rarely do I correct people about things but one of the few things I do correct them about is if they'll say ex-police and I'm like no no I'm retired (laughs) and they go oh you're retired police officer no I'm retired sergeant and because it took a lot of work to get that rank and uh, yes not everybody gets it it doesn't mean to be treated differently we went through the same things but the hierarchy, by the way, for my world, is you have retired, and that doesn't mean you retire with a pension. That can means you, you left because you just didn't want to do it anymore. Former also falls in that category, and X means someone yes. who was fired or quit under pressure of being fired. Uh, so, to me, the term X is a big insult, and I don't stand for it. I agree, 100%. So, thank you for your service. and. One of the things that's fascinating about our conversation, Ray, is that, A, you came from an acting background before you went into law enforcement. In law enforcement, you did everything from patrol, uh, sergeant, uh, lieutenant. You did serious, deep cover work as well. So you must have quite the skill set w- when it comes to people skills.
1: I think it's, and, and I'm learning every day, it's, it, it is, the whole, the whole package has made me uh, a pretty good listener. Uh, a pretty good reader of human behavior and also realizing that I've, I've got to watch myself when I'm talking with someone or I'm in, in a, uh, a situation where there's communication that's necessary because I don't want to influence that. I want the, 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 the basis for good communication and the, the basis for being a successful actor is you make the exchange all about the other person. I already know who I am. Mm-hmm. I want to get to know who you are. But there's certain verbal, nonverbal cues that I use in my training and that I've learned as a as a human being and also as a good listener where people are you, you're, you people are comfortable talking with you. And that's so much not the case with our culture today, whether it's retail, a lot of time in policing, people are talking at us. Mm-hmm. They're doing 20 things at once. You know, it's this whole piece is about slowing it down. And the, how I survived those years is by making every exchange I had with somebody. I was 100% present, 100% present for them. But on the other hand, I'm watching my back 150% mm-hmm.
0: and you not letting to. them
1: know that I'm doing it.
0: Because there's yes. no one else there. You're, when you're doing deep you cover, you're by yourself.
1: You're by yourself all the time. And you, somebody gets out, somebody goes to use the the restroom and they come back, you've got to read them to see if they have information that can end up uh, hurting you or getting you killed. But you've got to do it in such a way that it's smooth, nobody is alarmed, nobody is like, hey, what's what's up with that time?" And he's all he's all hyper. No. He's nice and calm.
0: One of the things I that, that I've... Too- I, I think this, uh, to a, a lesser degree than what you're talking about, is uh, in my years in police work, you, you begin to read people very, very well, but you have to learn how to do it. And what i try to do is have them talk about themselves and and very little about me and yes people's favorite topic are themselves uh, face it we're as by nature especially nowadays more self-centered more self-absorbed than ever and so people love to tell you about themselves i'm sure with all of your experience and training that has come into play in other aspects even away from law enforcement
1: Yes, and I in, in the training I do now, the, I do de-escalation training, but but the front end piece is connection training, and the thing that that I work on the most with people uh, is is getting them to connect with people as early on as possible and connect often. Could be something as simple as saying good morning, good afternoon when you're walking down the street, you're you make an eye contact with people, etc. There's a whole nonverbal verbal uh, signature in communicating with people that we forget because we're always talking and communication is, is 93% nonverbal anyway, but we're always talking. Right. So, you know, my training is, a, is a lot, we borrow a lot from, from the way animals survive and read people uh, in order to be more effective humans. So I, I was training the other day and I had a person in my class come up and tell me a story about how that worked for a person they knew. And, and it was a moving moment. And basically, it, this is what happened. Uh, a person who came up had a relative who was uh, recently uh, killed in one of the uh, active shooter incidents in the United States. Uh, not going not to center it. And he was one of many that mm-hmm. continues to occur. And so she told the story of a relative of hers who was killed by the gunman. And uh, prior to being killed, he saved a number of people by by uh, putting them just getting them to safety in a locked room. And they asked him, "Aren't you coming in with us?" He said, "No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and, and see if I can save some more people." At that point, he he ran into the gunman. Uh, the gunman uh, killed him, put four rounds in him. The fourth one was a coup de grace. But what this woman wanted to share, this this. Of mine was that one of the survivors had told her a story of her confrontation with the gunman. As the gunman moved through that company, she fell to the ground and the gunman stood over her. And she didn't know him by name. She had exchanged glances with him in the weeks prior, just in passing, a nod. And that nod, when he looked down at her, pointing his weapon at her, he paused put the gun up and moved on and, and basically spared her life because she had connected with him. She had been present for him. She didn't know what she was doing. I don't think, but, but the point is that little move saved her life. And from my point of view, it was, it was, it was riveting to hear, but by the same token, I train that way. I want the, the skills that I train anybody. Now I want them to be survival skills. And that was such a perfect example of how this stuff works. Simple, no words, no tricks, connection.
0: Simple things that people used to do all the time back when I was younger. I, mean, I watched some of the old movies, Ray, and the first thing that comes to my mind, you see the old thing where men would always wear a hat and they'd always tip their hat when they saw yes. someone, they would do that, or, or someone make a way of saying hello it w- seemed that we have lost a lot of that as a society, that we don't acknowledge each other. And that simple act of acknowledging the other person probably saved your life.
1: It did. And and if you, if you look at the wider picture, if you go macro, the outlier, the person, that active shooter, he didn't blow up overnight. No. It was a slow process, but the people next to him probably missed it or they didn't want to say to him, Hey man, today you're different. What's up? They read it. They did nothing
0: about it. Around us every day, we have people self-destructing. We have people. Yes. And in law enforcement, it's people use the term epidemic, uh, but it's not. It's been going on since you were rookie police and I was a rookie police. We have people, mental health, stress issues, suicide issues. It's been a big issue. And we always say, I didn't see any of the signs. So even with each other, we're ignoring and we're not having the conversations we should have.
1: Well, I mean, to both our points, a lot of the work that we're doing now is peer, peer, peer support. And I'm training police as well in in self-care, wellness, uh, and, and also to pay attention to the signs. And, you know, you, you we are brothers and sisters. Yeah. Bottom line, that's too good and bad. I don't care. Listen, if you're jammed up on a job, you're going to get fired. Hey, we still went through doors together.
0: I still owe right. it to you. Even, even when someone has to leave the job because they, they really, royally messed up, I have a good friend. People thought we were brothers and cousins, and uh, we talk periodically. He carries some shame about that, but I still view him as the same old guy. Uh, this is Law Enforcement Today Show. We're talking with Ray Hassett, a retired New Haven, Connecticut police lieutenant, uh, very skilled in deep cover work, people skills, and how these things not only apply in police work, but apply for everybody else in general life. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-709-4389. 800-709-4389. 800-709-4389. That's 800-709-4389. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. I'm John J. Wiley talking with Retired at New Haven, Connecticut, Police Lieutenant Ray Hassett. Ray, thanks so much for being on the show. Very much appreciated. My pleasure. You do uh, so much training. Uh, First of all, I'm fascinated by the fact that you were an actor before going to law enforcement. Then you did 25 years in law enforcement. A part of that deep cover for about three years with serious organized crime networks. Uh, Then did patrol. Then done everything that law enforcement can do. My hats off to you because I never did the deep undercover work. So uh, I, I'm as fascinated by that as anybody else. But the the thought that you were taking what you've learned from all these years and you're helping other police and other law enforcement with de escalation, with connecting, with communications is phenomenal. But you, I get the the sense that you also offer this to other organizations. You mentioned retail many times.
1: Yeah, I just you know the 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 work has, has, has grown into, uh, training the public. I mean, I've trained, I've trained elementary school teachers. Uh, I have young kids. I've trained the teachers at my kid's school. Uh, I've trained, I'm training librarians, ironically enough. Uh, I'm training security staff. I'm training nurses and docs in the emergency room of trauma one hospitals. Uh, it, it, it's funny. It's led me all to all these to opening all these different doors that, that I'd never thought I'd walk through. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I do to, to remain current is I don't teach anybody until I walk in their shoes. So, you know, I've done tours in the ED. I've dropped you and I have both dropped a lot of people off in the emergency room. Yeah. We've never worked in there. So I just recently started training, uh, bus drivers, transit workers, transit operators, So, I again, let me take the city bus. I haven't taken a city bus in 20 years. Jay, I'm telling you, it was one of the most meaningful learning experiences I've ever had. I mean, I'm talking about raw human life, 20 people coming on the bus, hot, and you got to figure out as the operator how to somehow connect with every one of them so that you're bringing them back down, all having a rough day, and you, you can make your route. And uh, it was classic, classic, classic experience for me. Makes me a better instructor, makes me sharper, more current.
0: I can't tell you the last time I took a bus. And I'm sitting here listening Uh to you talking about taking the bus. And it brings back memories of being a young man. We didn't have all the transportation (laughs) options I have available and feeling stressed out. You know what stresses me out more than anything else? The airport going through TSA. Yes. And then all worked up. And this is what's coming through my mind when you're talking about training retail. I get off the plane, I finally get my bag, I get all that stuff done, and I'm thinking, I gotta get the rent a car. And if there's the slightest problem with the rental car, it's so easy for those people. Uh, when they're stressed out, they're anxious to get amped up and take it out on the rental car agent. If that agent doesn't have their proper skill set and training to de-escalate they can create a real problem for that that company and for the company image.
1: Well, I think to your point, that that person, that next person you meet when you're stressed, that's the most important person in your life. Yeah. At that moment.
0: Yeah. I'm getting worked up to think just think about the airport right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I get you. I do a lot of international stuff.
0: Well, it is the whole thing of you know what it is for me, Ray. It's and I I don't know how these men and women do it, but it's a TSA. First of all, the whole check-in with the ticket is one thing, but getting to the TSA, my mind is racing. I'm sitting there with a crowd of people. I'm there way early, but I'm thinking, oh, if I don't get through this line, I'm not going to get to the flight. I'll miss my flight. I'm going to make it there. I hope they don't pat me down. The, the whole nine yards. They got to be really good at, at reading people and, and calming them down. But I, I. I'd love to say they are, but most of them ones on Canada or not. They're very cold.
1: Yeah. Well, I, and, and I think it comes back to training, you know, to, to, to get them to understand how much stress these people are coming through on a routine, on a routine basis. A lot of times for a, a lot of people, the jo- their job is just moving meat. And that's where we're getting caught up. And that's where we're, we're changing our culture. Empathy.
0: Is that something empathy, that you think is going on? Is is that something you think is happening uh, nationwide with our culture, not just that profession? Not just I, I hate to pick on TSA, the airports, but our rental car companies. Uh, but I can see that happening with everybody. And here's a classic example. I hate when people text me something or send me an email. It, they could have, my partner could have the best intentions of the world, and I always read it the wrong way. And when I send something back, Especially if I'm trying to be somewhat assertive but not mean. It, they always read it the wrong way. Is that part of the problem? We've lost our a lot of our communication skills because we're not talking to each other.
1: Well, I, I think whatever you whatever you do the most, let's put it in terms of CrossFit. Whatever whatever exercise you do the most, you're the strongest at. Right. The exercise that you probably do the least in the gym is hamstrings. It's painful. So most of our communication in our culture now is texting or it's, it's, you know, Instagram or so, And, and that's, you're missing voice. You're missing nuance. You're, you're missing how the person presents. You're missing what's the, what's the context that you're talking in. So, you know, you, 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 you tend to just think that I send these words out. You're going to get what I mean, which we're, it never happens. And let me go. Let me go up to three thousand feet here. I, I work overseas a lot. I train in different cultures. I teach also behavior profiling. So in different cultures other than our own, when you're dealing with somebody, they're pretty much hundred percent present when you're when you're speaking, communicating. Part of it is language. They need maybe English is. They probably speak four languages or five, but you know there's cultural nuances that they're concentrating on. So you are right there for each other. It's very rare to make a mistake in misreading somebody when you're one-on-one. Here in our culture, we're we're always multitasking. I I go to the bank, I put in my money, and the tellers are talking to each other. Hey, it's my money. Who's the most important person in this transaction? It's me, yet I'm the least most important person. Gotcha. And if you start looking at culture, you know, even... And in, in, in even in the emergency room, if you're not really sick, you wait. And you wait for seven hours, eight hours. Nobody comes over to you and says, hey, you do, how are you doing? It's just moving meat. Priority. If you look sick, you get the Cadillac treatment. If you don't look sick, wait and figure it out.
0: And this That's is coming from all the bad feelings. I, I don't mean this as an insult, but all this insight is coming from a street cop. Yes, because th- that's how I viewed myself when I retired is like now. What can I do? I don't I I, I don't know what it turns out. We're very good at v- a lot of different things, especially when it deals with people and you're you're passing out information that I be honest with you. A lot of PhDs that I hear and I see on television don't have that skill set that you have that, that a lot of street cops have.
1: Well, in 100 percent. And why this? in reminding us that we have this skill set is tremendous in terms of when helping other people, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we have, we spend a year, we spend years reading people for threat, but you know, at the same time, we're getting this tremendously accurate instinct on understanding behavior. Now, when you take us, put us in the civilian sector where people, all they need is help. They're not going to hurt us. That it, not only does it rejuvenate cops, But it says, wow, you know, usually you you finish your career in 25 years, you're beat. The agencies beat you, you low self esteem, you got post traumatic stress. This is a way to regenerate us and recycle us and like bring our heads back up again. Wow, man, let's get us back in the game. We can do all this.
0: We can do a lot of great things to help contribute to society. Uh, We got to wrap things up here, Ray. Before we leave, I want people to know where they can get more information about you and all the training you offer.
1: Just to go to my website, www.rayhassett.com. Uh, they can reach out to me that way, and um, let's start from there. love to hear from people.
0: And are you on Facebook and all that stuff?
1: You know, from doing deep cover work, I'm still dark. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we got to get you out into the sunlight sometime <laughs> in the very near future. And Duffy, have you back on the show because there's so many things we can talk about. Ray Hassett, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, brother. In every community across the United States, towns, cities, states, we have law enforcement officers. We have first responders. We have incredible stories of heroism from our first responders. In addition to that, we have heroic crime victim survivors. If you want to tell your story of survival and how you recovered and how you rebuilt your life, Feel free to contact us. We'd love to have you as a guest on the Law Enforcement Today show. We made it so easy to get a hold of us, too. There's many different ways. Go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. You can contact us on our Facebook page. Heck, send me an email. My email address is jay, that's jay, at lawenforcementtoday.com. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with us here at Law Enforcement Today. On behalf of everyone associated with the show and the website, This is John J. Wiley. Until next time, see ya.